It is a great sign that the Reds are playing as well as they have. They've won back-to-back games in three out of four, just in case you didn't know. And this is the sign that we needed to see to know that the Reds may not be out of the running, but not that running. I'll explain next. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Hi, I'm Jeff Carr. My co-host Stephen Offenbaker is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. I have been podcasting for over four years now. I think this is episode number 802 of the Locked On Reds with me at the helm. And I've turned an addiction into this team, uh, from this team, into information for you on today's Locked On Reds podcast that is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way. We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, We're going to talk about the fact that the Reds have played well in the last four games and have shown that they will not lose 100. They're going to avoid that 100 loss ominous plateau. Plus, the return of Luis Castillo makes the pitching picture look a bit less messy. And something from Hunter Green's last start can tell us about what to expect tonight. But first, back-to-back wins, baby. The Reds have played pretty good these last two nights, and they absolutely clobbered Brandon Woodruff. This is the Reds team that is going to compete for that over. I'm talking about 73 and a half, of course, because as, you know, friend of the podcast, Mo Egger said, he got it 72 and a half. That must feel pretty nice because I got it at 73 and a half, but I think that they can win at least 74 games. Part of this is the fact that you've seen what this team has done over the last two days. They killed Brandon Woodruff, two dingers off of him. They scored six total runs. Only five of them were earned, but Colin Moran's third homer in the last two games and Brandon Drury's club leading sixth homer Just a lot of great stuff coming from this Reds lineup that, yes, it has been bad to start the year, but it's also been depleted. I don't think anybody thought Brandon Drew would be batting second in May, but here we are. He's actually done pretty good. If you haven't uh, had the chance to check it out, our friends over at Reds Content Plus did a very nice breakdown as to what's going on with Brandon Drew and why he's been so good This year, if you don't subscribe to their morning spin newsletter, you're just doing it wrong. Shout out to Reds Content Plus. They know what's up. But Drury's been amazing. Colin Moran's resurgence over the last couple of days. Plus, you've seen a great renaissance from Mike Moustakis to go along with the fact that Tyler Stevenson is just a darn good hitter. It's looked good as of late. and, And you can envision a Reds lineup that does this on a semi-nightly basis, especially whenever everyone comes back healthy, whenever you've got Jonathan India in the lineup, whenever you've got Joey Votto in the lineup, whenever Donovan Solano's available, whenever you got Max Schrock coming off the bench, you can see things like this happening. And it's interesting to know, because I mentioned Drury leads the club in homers. Let's update that list real quick. Uh, the home run leaders for the Reds this year, if you'd have guessed the top three, I'd have said that you were smoking some kind of crack, but here we are. Uh, Brandon Drury, six homers. Tommy Pham has four, which, by the way, quick aside on that, why does everybody hate Tommy Pham so much? If you go to the ballpark 
and you sit there whenever Tommy Pham comes up to bat and you just listen for a minute, you don't want to hear a lot of clapping and you hear a lot more groaning. I don't get it. I, I mean, maybe it's the comments where he says, I'm looking out for me. I'm trying to get mine coming in here to Cincinnati. I don't hate that because guess what? If he gets his, that helps out the Reds because if he's working and other guys are working around him, then there you go. I love that mentality. In the dude. He's a bulldog. He's a fighter. I don't know why people are hating on that. Then Colin Moran is third with three. Yeah. The three homers that he's hit in the last two games has put him in a tie with Tyler Stevenson for the third most homers on the team. So there you go. Tyler Stevenson, an actual name that you probably would have guessed was on this list. He comes in tied for third. And then Tyler Naquin has a pair of dingers, and that's uh, fifth there on the list. But, uh, yeah, not the uh, group that you thought would be the top five, but then most of who you thought is on the IL anyway. The Reds have 16 players on the injured list in one way, shape, or form, whether you're talking about actual injuries or COVID or something like that. But I'll, I'll say this, getting back to the way this lineup has looked and the reason for my optimism, optimistic Jeff is back, baby. The big inning has fueled the Reds as of late. They had a five-run fifth yesterday against Milwaukee. They had a five-run sixth on Sunday to fuel their uh, win over the Pirates on Sunday, and then a seven-run eighth. That was a lot of fun to watch when I was there. Seven-run eighth inning in the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday to beat the Pirates. Can you rely on that for an entire season? No. But is it a sign that the lineup is coming around? Yeah. This is something that it's, it's unfortunate that the Reds have had to give significant playing time to guys that they're picking up off the waiver wire because they've had so many injuries. But at the end of the day, these guys are professional baseball players for a reason, and they're finally showing some signs of life. And that's great to see. And it's just going to reinforce my optimistic belief that uh, they're going to hit that over of 73 and a half wins. And again, that's only saying they're going to win 74 games going from 83 wins to 74. That's still um, a step back, you know, in pretty much any culture. Uh, Luis Castillo's performance last night, didn't talk about him yet, but his performance last night wasn't perfect, but it was exactly what the Reds pitching staff needed. And if you're looking for that last bit of info for a good bet that you need, check out Bet Online. Bet Online has the over under tonight for Hunter Green's strikeout total at five and a half. I'm no expert, but I think he's going to hit that. I'm, I'm thinking like six, seven. I'm thinking at least seven is at least what I put a little bit of money on. There's like two ways you can, you can hit the over at Bet Online. 400 green strikeout total, or there's another little tab that says strikeout totals at least. And then you can go down the list. And if you think he's going to get like at least 10 strikeouts and he does, then you're going to make some money off that. But I'm saying at least seven strikeouts for Hunter green tonight. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Plus, you've got Stanley Cup hockey to get into as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to the playoffs and esports and more. Heading to the website today 
either on your mobile device or your desktop, you'll notice that there are lots of trends in action that you can learn about each and every day. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Your next listen should definitely need to be Locked On Now. The Locked On Now MLB podcast recaps MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available, just like Locked On Reds, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following the podcast on all your favorite platforms, too, including YouTube. Thanks for watching us here. If this is your first time, make sure you're subscribed. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast, I have a question that is burning a hole in my mind about David Bell, and I'm going to ask that to Steve tomorrow. But coming back to today, Luis Castillo is back, and it makes you wonder how much better this rotation would have been had there just been a full spring training. It definitely couldn't be any worse, though. They've been really bad to start the year. But with him coming back... Last night's start, for me, when I look at Luis Castillo's Monday night start against the Milwaukee Brewers, it was good for one reason. He was healthy all throughout it and after. Shoulder issues are no joke. This is not something that you can just hope that a guy is going to be 100% right out of the gate. And there's a lot of times that you hear about a dude coming back from like a soft tissue injury in the shoulder or the elbow or something like that. And his very first start is either cut short or after he is pulled, you hear reports of him re-aggravating it and he has to go back on the IL. There's been no reports of that for Luis Castillo. So I'm chalking this up and, you know, especially for the fact that the Reds won, I'm chalking this up as a success for Luis Castillo. We'll start nitpicking the individual results in his next start because we need Luis Castillo healthy and in this rotation if the Reds are going to sniff that over. Another reason why I'm optimistic about it. But La Piedra, he was back last night getting some strikeouts. He didn't quite get through five innings, which was a little bit of a bummer to see. But like I said, healthy. And with him back, the Reds' rotation should now look like this. You've got Castillo at the top. You got Tyler Malley. You got Connor Overton, which again, when we look at the home run list and now we look at the rotation that includes Connor Overton, if you'd have told me that that was going to happen, I'd have said you probably should write some sort of book about like predicting stuff because Connor Overton was not on my mind as a huge contributor for this team. Here we are. But Connor Overton, Hunter Green, and Vladimir Gutierrez. The only reason I'm really including Goody in this is the fact that he is penciled in to start tomorrow. And make no mistake about it, that lines it up for Nick Lodolo to replace Vlad when, uh, when I'm thinking about that. And then you also have some other encouraging news. Tonight in Louisville, Mike Miner is throwing three innings or about 45 to 50 pitches. Should that go smoothly. And remember the last time he tried this in double H at Nuga, he had a setback and he had to be shut down. That was back on April 13th. Um, but should that go smoothly? He will throw four innings and roughly 65 pitches this Sunday in Louisville. And if we look at how they treated Luis Castillo's rehab, they had him do three rehab stents before joining the Reds. So you figure Sunday, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So next Friday would hopefully everything all you know equal and stuff. He'll make about six innings worth of a start or five innings worth of a start next Friday and then rejoin the Reds rotation, not next week, but the week following. So 
We're getting back to full strength in a starting rotation that has been abysmal. It's nice to see the starting pitcher, the starting pitching picture. I really should have wrote that out better. It's nice to see that coming in a little bit clearer. And with Miner coming back and Lodolo coming back as well, although we haven't heard like a timetable on Nick Lodolo. They said that, you know, he, he's, he wasn't ready to come back this past weekend. There hasn't really been any other reports since then. So hopefully by the end of this week or early next week or something like that. But with those two guys back, let the six-man rotation begin. And by six-man rotation, I'm talking about minor uh, or Lodolo placing Goody, minor added on at the end. You keep Connor Overton in there, and then you can kind of add to the rest of these guys, We, we uh, to the, the rest period for each of these players. We have seen Tyler Malley struggle to begin the year. We have seen Hunter Green struggle to begin the year, and we knew that coming into this season, the Reds were not going to ask him to throw more than 150 innings. In fact, it might be more like 120, so you want to manage his innings. You can do all of that. You can give Tyler Malley some more rest. Luis Castillo coming off an injury. You don't want to really run him out there too much, too quick. At least do the six-man rotation for... I don't know, the rest of May and the month of June and see how it goes. Plus, you have Vladimir Gutierrez that I, I wonder at this, and this would be something that me and Steve can discuss a little bit further on a on a a uh a upcoming episode. But Vladimir Gutierrez, is he more valuable to the Reds out of the bullpen? And if that is the case, then consider him the long man. Consider him a Brent Suter, if you will, for the Reds. He's not as good as Brent Suter. Brent Suter is very, very good for the Brewers. But I, I have that thought in my mind continually. The Brewers have a couple of guys in Suter and Andy Ashby that can go for a long stretch if you need to bring them in to replace a starter that isn't quite cutting it. Goody could be that guy. I feel like he might even be best suited to be that guy. I know that Steve has given me the argument before that he would rather see Gutierrez down in AAA and keeping himself extended as a starter for when they need him because you do need more and more starters. But I just, I think that Vlad's best, and I'm saying bad Vlad because he's been bad this year. I think that we get back to Goody by asking him to pitch less. Give me two or three innings. I think we've seen that with Jeff Hoffman. Yeah. He's pitched pretty well this year, and I, I think we would see that with Gutierrez as well. So give me a six-man rotation with Guti as the long man because, yeah, this rotation has been completely terrible at times, but it is finally starting to take shape, and it's because of the return of La Piedra. But speaking of another starter, last time out, Hunter Green put up some truly bizarre numbers that would seem to indicate tonight may be rough as well. I'm going to tell you why that's not the case coming up here next. This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for you, for your local uh, chain of auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? Uh-huh. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, and rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. So save time and money with Rock Auto because you can save 30 to 50 to sometimes even 100% on the markups that the local chain store has for your auto parts. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that your pal Jeff and Steve from the Lockdown Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com and write locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Steve is at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds with no Fs. Also, make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. Hunter Green's pitching tonight. And the start to his career hasn't been quite as fantastic as we think the rest of his career is going to go, but I'm seeing signs that Hunter Green is figuring it out, and I believe that tonight, against the same Brewers team that he gave up five home runs to last week, there's a blueprint for success for Hunter Green. But let me reiterate that. Five home runs. The Brewers hit off of him last Thursday. That's a lot for one pitcher. That's a lot for one team to hit in one game. And they hit five off of him. And that, that was a home run derby, and the Brewers had the advantage. I couldn't even believe that when you look at those stats. And he, he even had decent strikeout numbers there, which is a reason why I think he will hit the over on the strikeouts tonight at five and a half for a bet online. But four of those five homers were on fastballs. Now, I get it. The fastball is the big ticket item for Hunter Green because it averages, or at least it should average, around 100 miles an hour. Now, in his last start, it, ra- it averaged a little over 98. I think it was like 98.4 miles per hour, which was good. Continues to tick up, you know, those first two starts after the Dodgers game that he pitched in and he averaged over 100 miles an hour on his fastball. He was down to like 96. So this is good to see. Hopefully we'll see him pop a hundred on the radar gun a couple of times today, and I'm going to be in attendance. I can't wait to see that. But uh, three of those fastballs that he gave up home runs on were right in the wheelhouse. I'm talking the Christian Yelich one is exactly where every left-handed hitter in the history of baseball wants to see a fastball. I don't care how fast that pitch is. If you're pitching it on the lower part of the strike zone, a little bit in, but you're still talking about, you know, just under belt high, he doesn't even have to do anything special to bring that bat head through the zone and crush it. And he did. He absolutely murdered that pitch. There was another one to Keston Hira that was right there for him. And then right down the middle, I don't care who the hitter is, it was a nice, uh, (laughs) very nice homer for him, but it was right down the middle. If you look at the illustrator on Baseball Savant, right down the middle. Absolutely terrible place to pitch. So I'm looking at it this way. He needs to pitch backwards tonight. He only threw his changeup seven times, according to Baseball Savant, in his last start. 
And only one of those times was a strike, and that was a foul tip off of his changeup. The other six were complete waste pitches. Now, his slider got a whiff rate of 38%. That tells me this. He needs to really feature his secondary pitches. And especially, I know that the changeup is still a little bit of work in progress, but this is a good chance for him to really throw off these Brewers hitters. Back-to-back starts. His last start was against the same team, so he's probably going to see a very similar lineup. And he's in a much tougher situation where you're talking about you give up five home runs at American Family Field, which I still want to call Miller Park, but whatever. You give up five home runs up there. You kind of figure you're going to give up about the same amount at Great American Small Park. But I think that if he pitches backwards, if he tries to drop that slider in around the edges for strikes, and if he gets the changeup in there a lot more than just seven times, then you're going to start fooling some hitters, and they can't just sit on the fastball. Plus, if he can get ahead in counts, as every pitcher should be doing, if he can get ahead in counts on the strikes and stuff, then he doesn't have to worry about where in the zone he's got to place that fastball. Because I want that fastball up high. Now, I know Tyrone Taylor hit a home run off a fastball that was like a foot high out of the zone whatever there. But for the most part, that high fastball is going to be deadly. And if he can average around 100 miles an hour, like we're talking 99 to 100 miles an hour tonight on the fastball, and you're seeing it up in the zone a lot, mm, he's going to be a lot better. And he's going to hit that over in the strikeout total. I just think that there is a blueprint in which Hunter Green will pitch well tonight. And that is where I'm thinking pitch backwards hit the zone, get ahead of the hitters. And I think that if you just mix in the fastball, if you turn it into a secondary pitch in and of itself, kind of like what Luis Castillo does, you're going to be golden. And we're going to see Hunter Green. And we're going to see why, because he is on the cusp of getting this whole pitching in Major League Baseball. And when he gets it, oh, buddy, it's going to be good. I can't wait to see that. And I hope it starts tonight. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thank you so much for hanging in here with me today. Make sure that you're following the podcast on all of your favorite platforms and make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. And again, thanks for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen Locked on MLB. Sully's going to bring you his unique perspective on the league, both present and past. I mean, I'm telling you what, dude knows stuff about baseball from like 1982 that Obviously, I don't know because I wasn't born, but I, I like to think of myself as a baseball history uh, junkie. Dude is perfect for that sort of thing. Plus, he's got a lot of great perspective on the league right now. Check him out. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Look, the Reds are looking a lot better here recently. I don't necessarily think they're going to compete for the playoffs, but they're hitting that over. I'm telling you right now, I've seen what I need to see. They're hitting the over of 73 and a half. And that means that every single day you can expect Steve and myself. And if Steve's not here, like he wasn't today, then just me or just Steve. Like I wasn't here for like an entire week last week. Anyway, whatever. I'm getting uh, ahead of myself. We're going to be a locked on Reds every single day.